Welcome into the December 30th episode of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Toronto falls to the Arizona Coyotes again. This is back-to-back years now where Toronto fails to pick up a win over Arizona. I don't know what it is about the Yotes. They seem to be the kryptonite for Toronto. Let's just get into it. Canada did get a win, though. Canada got a win, though. So, you know, there's something to celebrate if you're a Canadian hockey fan. The Leafs, though... Not the best game. Not the best game. We'll break it all down. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet, uh, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video format. Just look us up on YouTube. Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get new content delivered to you each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. Uh, Toronto suffering a 6-3 loss. They had doubled up in Arizona in Mullet Arena. And uh, look, it was, it was kind of a glum... Glum night, glum game, and I think despite you know how the team played, which they kind of carried play, and I think Matt Murray played particularly well. For some reason, the first thing that I want to talk about on this broadcast uh, or on the show is Mullet Arena and how much I absolutely hate watching hockey games at Mullet Arena. How annoying was like the blue hue on the broadcast tonight? It's it, like it's actually embarrassing to see that happen during an NHL game. It's annoying to watch that type of game and seeing how the Leafs were playing, and then to have that stuff happening. During the, it wasn't like oh, one moment in the broadcast where you, you all of a sudden the white jerseys look like blue jerseys and the white ice looks like blue ice. This was continuously happening from start to finish. But like so you and I are are two guys who know a little bit about production, right? Yep. We've 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 done broadcasts like this in the past. And so what I found odd about it though, Dave, and you know more than I do when it comes to camera and white balancing and all this type of stuff. But it was like the wide angle cam, like the 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 wide angle full ice cam that was blue. But then whenever did like the ISOs when they would, you know, bring and, and show guys on a uh, like an ISO cam, the zoom in cam, then it was kind of normal color. I mean, what I, at first I thought maybe the camera just like wasn't white balanced properly, and then when it just persisted and it never changed, I was like, okay, this clearly is an issue with Mullet Arena. So I fired out into our locked on group chat and and asked like, hey, this is the first game that I'm watching that's taking place at Mullet Arena. Is this normal? And sent a, a picture of, of what the broadcast was like. And uh, Trey Matthews, who 
um, is actually a student at Arizona State University. Funny enough, he's the host of Locked On Devils. He's been, he's a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times. But he he does a lot of broadcasts for Arizona State University there. And he's like, unfortunately, as somebody who's done many a broadcast there for the school team, it's the lighting. And that is, unfortunately, uh, the type of broadcast that you're going to get at Mullet Arena because it's just not an NHL barn. And now I know what they mean. Yeah. So when it comes to like the broadcast, all the, di- all the cam, not all the cameras are the same. There's yeah. different cameras for different shots, right? The main one that's used is a, is a wider angle lens. It's meant to not zoom at all. It's a fixed position, but there was two issues with that. Like this. Just moves yeah. like this and they get the, 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 the flow of the game. That's when you see like the entire ice surface. That's that camera. And that's what was kind of the blue tint. Yeah. I actually operate only one of those cameras once in my life. Um, there's two things you need to make sure of that. The lighting is good because the lighting is important because that's what drives the white balance of the camera. But the issue here is because of the movement and because of how different the lighting was, the white balance was changing. And somebody's like, oh, they need to fix the white balance. And I'm like, well, you notice in one part, it yeah. looks fine. But then you move and it looks different. That's because the lighting changes so much that the camera can't really tell what's white and what's a different color. And that's that has more to do with the arena than it does with the camera. You can make simple changes with the camera to try to offset a little bit. But, yeah, that's a lot to do with the arena. and. I just I don't remember that being a problem when I watched a different game involving the Cowboys. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, I know very annoying. And a lot of Leafs fans were pointing that out to me from even just a lot of people I know were just like, "What what bush league stuff is this?" And I'm like, "It's Arizona hockey, baby." Yeah, that's what it is. It's Arizona hockey, and uh, unfortunately, the Leafs don't know how to win Arizona hockey because uh, they just they just can't win games against this team. Like they lost earlier in the year in October. Uh, it was a 4-2 loss, and now they get doubled up again. 6-3, the Leafs lose to uh, to Arizona. I mean, I didn't think that they played horribly. I didn't think they played particularly well. I mean, this is a team that you should absolutely decimate and dummy realistically. I mean, when you look at these two teams on on paper, the ones in the Bedard Bowl and the ones cup contenders. Like this, this should have been a 6-3 game, but flip-flopped it opposite. And when you look at the underlying metrics with like expected goals and shot share, the Leafs led a lot of that. But at the end of the day, when you lose 6-3, um, it, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth. I mean, uh, overall, I guess, what were your, your thoughts on, on tonight's game? So this is the type of game, like, I'm looking back to like when Canada lost that opening game to Czechia. Yeah. It looked like the better team. But guess what? When you don't, or when you aren't playing discipline in your own end, when you are making the dumb mistakes, taking dumb penalties, not playing dis- you know, discipline defensively in front of your own goal, you're going to lose hockey games. It does not matter how much you control the game on paper because in hockey, as we just found out with this game, it takes a turnover. It takes two defensemen bumping into each other, allowing another guy to go pretty much wide open to the front of the net and scoring. Yeah. Like so many off, like, you know, Matt Murray didn't have a great game, but he also did just was left hung out to dry on a lot of occasions tonight. And like, that's 
that's gonna burn you. You're not you can't expect your goaltender to just you know play superhero every night. So I already saw it online, right? Morgan Riley's back for one game and the team forgets to play defense again. Are we do we subscribe to this, Dave, or or is this is this just nonsense? Like, can we like where you at with Morgan Riley and and that whole debate? Like, I know where I'm at. I'm curious where you're at. Now I'll, I'll respond afterwards. Mike, there's a reason why I don't have as, as much hair as I used to. This fan base has forced me to just lose a lot. I, I can't pull any more out, guys. This fan base looks for a scapegoat, whether it's Justin Hall, Rasmus Sandin, Morgan Riley, William Neander, Mitch Marner. This game was, yeah, the last, that game-winning goal was on Morgan Riley. Yep. But the way that I'm hearing Leafs fans talk about, even the Discord channel is very disappointed in some of the commentary there. It makes me very upset with you Discordians. And I know all the people on the Discord are, are listeners. To well, there's up. a couple that are very much Discord. not Morgan Riley fans. There's there's some that don't like Morgan Riley. And that's fair. You don't have to like every player on the team. No, absolutely. But, absolutely. But the way I'm hearing Leafs fans talk about Morgan Riley, it's as if Morgan Riley put on a Kachina jersey, and was shooting pucks into the Leafs' net. <laughs> Let's stop. This game was not on all on Morgan Riley. And even Sheldon Keith, he didn't say it was you know, not Morgan Riley's fault, but he, he put the blame in other areas. And I think that's, that's the issue here is we constantly look for a scapegoat, and tonight it was Morgan Riley. Not, not, not the team taking really dumb penalties and allowing two power play goals that allowed Arizona to get back into the game when it looked like the Leafs were actually in a good position. No, that, that, no, Morgan Riley, it was all his fault. Yeah. I mean, Riley, he was on, he was the culprit on the game winning goal, uh, the giveaway to McBain. He was the culprit there and was on the ice for technically he'll, he, he goes down into, um, into the books as, as I believe a dash three, he was on the ice for three goals and then uh, got a power play point, was on the ice for a power play goal. So I don't believe he would have been given uh, a plus for that. So, yeah, he's a dash three on the night. He'll go into the books as two of those were empty netters, though. Like, let's yeah. also, so, like, two of those goals. He played terribly with the net, uh, net empty. Like, yeah, that's they, cool. they, they really did. And Barrett Hayton played like Mario Lemieux with the, that net empty, apparently. But we can get to that in, in a moment, perhaps. Um, Look, I mean, it wasn't a great game for Morgan Riley in his return. I think even he would tell you that. Um, and I wasn't expecting much out of him. I really just thought that he would come out and um, just kind of try and find himself. And he made one bad mistake, like one terrible mistake, we could call it. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of what cost them the game. So we're going to harp on it, and a lot of people are going to harp on it and talk about it. And it is a worthy conversation because of how well this team was defending when he wasn't out of the lineup. And then all of a sudden he comes back and the team puts up a, you know, gives up six goals, four, we'll say four, you know, goals. And then the, the two empty netters, but still like, it's just not something that we've come to come to expect out of this team of late. And it's just, you know, a lot of the Riley supporters are taking kind of, you know, a beating right now just based off of this one game. But again, it's only one game. Give this guy a couple of games to get his legs underneath them. I think he'll be fine. 
Um, and this team's going to be fine. It was, you know, an off night for the goaltending. Matt Murray wasn't as sharp as he typically is. Um, and the big boys, well, the elite players didn't look like elite players, Dave. Uh, and, and the same thing was said last time. The Toronto Maple Leafs played the Arizona Coyotes, if you'll recall, that whole conversation. Uh, and Sheldon Keefe said that after the game, which started a, a, a big media situation there. Um, but ultimately, you know, Toronto's got to win these games, uh, but you're going to lose one from time to time. It's just unfortunate that it always happens to be to the Arizona freaking Coyotes. Uh, always, every time. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break and we get back. Uh, we'll get to the good, the bad, the ugly. We haven't had to do many of these this year, which I'm thankful for. Obviously, it means that the team's winning a whole lot. Um, and I haven't had to do one of these in, in a long time, I don't think. Um, so we'll get to the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, we'll also touch on the Team Canada game and some, some news out of New York. Um, a former number one overall pick, healthy scratched tonight. We'll tell you about that as well. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You listen to Locked On These Podcasts, part of Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, one of today's show sponsors is the NHTSA. Uh, it can happen so easily. You're out with your friends or coworkers. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go. And for a moment, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so... What's the worst that could happen? You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride, drive sober, or get pulled over. Um, NHTSA. Welcome back into the Locked on Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're hosts here at Locked on Leafs, Toronto with a 6-3 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Did you see that they gave away those Kashina jerseys uh, to the arena tonight, to the fans at, at Mullet Arena? I'll be honest. I love the Kashina jersey. I, I know do. some people, I, I like, I've talked to a lot of people who hate them, and I just don't understand it. Those are arguably some of the nicest jerseys in hockey history, in my opinion. Do you, do you not remember what the Coyotes jerseys looked to you look like before the Kashina jerseys came about? Like these are a million times better than what the Coyotes, like the Coyotes. I'm gonna I'm trying to pull out like a picture. I was trying to see if I, I could do think, it. I actually don't. Like, weren't they Kashina like since they moved from Winnipeg? Like, didn't they go from being the Jets to the Coyotes and they had Kashina jerseys? Not always. I don't know why I always I just assumed that was their retro look. That was their first kind of logo when they moved to Arizona. So these were once the jerseys that these Oh, that's years ago though. Yeah, but I'm like saying like this, it's this, then I went to this. You know, you got I like these are my favorite ones. Yeah, like those are the classic Kashina jerseys. And I mean these this, yeah, that's what they wore tonight. These ones, I believe, it's it's an alternate, right? These are the reverse retros. Yeah. Okay, so the Kashina, I believe, was like their initial jersey, though. Because the ones that you showed me before, that was worn through, like, the 2000s. Like, the mid-2000s prior yeah, to what they were. They wore these, they were these quite, and it's like, pretty much I call it the Shane Doan era. When he kind of left is when they, yeah. Kashinas are like Shane Doan, Oliver Ekman, Larson, the good Keith Yandel. That's when they wore those jerseys. But prior yeah. to that, it was the Kashina. Yeah, like they had these purple ones before, I remember. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I just I remember hating these jerseys so much. But that one Even, on the last Kessel, like those Kashinas are arguably might be Jersey Goats City, like legitimately. They're pretty. Um, cool. Yeah, they're they're great looking. So it was pretty cool that they got to give away uh, some Kashina jerseys to some fans there. Um, all right, let's get to uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. I guess the good is uh, the, the the fact that some fans went home with some pretty cool shirts. Uh, I also did notice that there were a lot of Leaf fans in the building that did not put them on, that decided to just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take them home, but we're not going to support while we're in the building because go Leafs go. And then eh, maybe when they left the building after Arizona won, they're like, let's just put that bad boy on here and blend in with the crowd so we don't get uh, chirped by the uh, Arizona faithful. Um, so let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, what, what what was good about tonight's game, Dave? Uh, Connor Timmons had, continues to put up points. Yeah. Like that, that play he made on the, I think it was the Cali Yarncroke goal. Both. Was, Yarn, uh, the Holmberg and Yarncroke. I mean, yeah. pick and poison. Like they were just, that's, he, I, he has, I think he right now, he has more points with the Leafs through 10 games. Than he did during his time with the Avalanche and the Coyotes combined. He had seven with the Coyotes and the Avalanche. He has eight with the Leafs. Ten games. In ten games. My boy Connor. My guy Connor Timmons. I still don't understand what the hell was going through uh, Bill Armstrong's head when he made that trade and said, "Yeah, we'll take on uh, Curtis Douglas for this." Six foot two, two hundred pound right shot defenseman who was once, uh, you know, top of the second round pick who had top four aspirations. Once played very high level of hockey for Team Canada, and we traded a top end goaltender to get this prospect. But sure, we'll give him away to you, Toronto. Right. I don't really understand it. Third line AHL center. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, Carter Timmons was also my my good for for tonight. I mean. Um, you know, you mentioned it, the, the pass that he made to Yarncroft, just the seam pass. That's clearly, you know, just a really solid play. And, and that's IQ, just knowing that that's available. Um, but then also the, the IQ play, just to kind of bank it in off of Holmberg. Like that's a bit of a slap pass situation. Or I think it's a set play. It's like just on net Holmberg, have your stick out and just hit him in the tape. And hopefully he can redirect it and deflect it into the net. Like that's that's almost like what the Sedins were able to do for so many years. That the little slap pass deflection into the back of the net. So um, it was nice to see Holmberg, a fellow Swede, kind of connect on that one. Um, but yeah, like two primary assists and and led the team with an 89% expected goals in all situations. Um, you know, had nine scoring chances while out there on the ice tonight. Only allowed two. Um, and none of which were, were high danger chances. He, he out high danger chanced his opponents while out there on the ice four to nothing. So, um, you know, a, a really solid night for Connor Timmons and it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they go about his development and how they go about this blue line when Sandine returns. Um, obviously with Riley returning tonight, that squeezed out Jordy Ben, but when Sandine returns the next few days we're assuming he'll return at some point in the next week or so um it'll be interesting to see how they work connor timmons into the fold here you know because i think he's certainly earned um a a, a you know at least the third pair second power play unit role with this team just based on how he's played in these 10 games yeah no i think it's i 
the Leafs don't have many guys from the blue line that produce offensively or an offensive threat like Connor Timmons is proven right now. Maybe you could say Rasmus Sandin can do that, but there's a perfect balance right now with the left and right shot. I yeah. like that pairing with him and Brody. So if you're bringing Sandin into the lineup, you're essentially going to have to move Brody to the right and then probably have to put him with Riley. Then you could maybe put like Lilligren and Sandin back together and then you have Jordana Hall. And I'm like, should Connor Tins be the one taking the seat over Justin Hall? And the only reason why you can say that is because Justin Hall plays so much on the penalty kill. That's the only reason why I would assume Sheldon Keefe would want to keep Justin Hall in over Connor Timmons. And I think that's yeah. wrong just because I think I would take the guy who's going to give me better chance of keeping the offense going. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I, I think I'd side with Keefe on that one, to be completely honest with you. I think, and Justin Hall hasn't played poorly. Like a month ago, two months ago, I probably surely would have been like, yeah, Justin Hall, he can take a seat for a couple of games. Absolutely. But I think that he's shown over the course of the last two months now at this point, really a uh, month and a half at the very least that he is a, a very competent, you know, four ish, five defensemen who can kill penalties. And um, he, he hasn't been making those mistakes in his own end recently either. So I don't know if he's the guy who comes out of the line. That's the thing, though. I don't know who comes out of the lineup. Like, I think they have like six. They have seven guys who can play in their top six, and one of those are going to find themselves on the outside looking in. Like, is there going to be a rotation, kind of like what we saw happen last year yeah. when Lilligren, Sandine, and uh, and Justin Hall kind of rotated a little bit, and and they, you know, based on how things went, I think Dermot was involved in that rotation at times too last year until he got traded. Maybe that'll be the the case. Just kind of keep guys on their toes, and um, you know, just get people games as much games as possible. But we'll see. That's that's something that I'll be interested to watch over the next uh, couple of weeks here. Okay, bad. Something that was bad tonight, Dave. The penalty kill. Yeah, it's bad. Like yeah. the chances they gave up. The one on like I didn't. The so the the one that on the Mitch Marner penalty, which initially wasn't going to be a Mitch Marner penalty, it was going to be Holmberg going to the box. Then the referees, after a lengthy delay, decide no, it was actually Mitch Marner. So we're going to take him off the ice, put him in the box. Absolutely ridiculous. Okay, and why then, is that ridiculous though? That was the right call. Like was I, right the call. broadcast was going off. The broadcast was going off about it too. But like, let's be honest, Dave. That was the right call. I don't understand get why. Hey, bro, get the call. The, do you need? All that time to make that decision. Who cares? We got the call right. Go on the video review, get it done, get it over with. So the Leafs can now decide. All right, now Mitch Marner, our one of our top penalty guys, being taken off. Let's rethink our strategy here on the penalty kill because now we got to get somebody else on the ice. Like it was just so disorganized. That should not be happening in the NHL. Get it. Just take a minute. Go to the video monitor if you have to. If you're not sure who who is getting it. So you don't have to deal with the stupidity that we just... That's basically what they did. It it, it, it came down to the wrong player. What was that? They came down and, like, actually it was the wrong player. It was actually Marner who got the trip. It wasn't a a hook on Hmm. Holmberg, and they rectified their wrongdoing. But they should have... It should not be... It should not be this much of a delay to figure it, figure that stuff out. Just get it over with, figure it out. 
all right, do we get the right guy? No, I think it was 16. If there's any debate, just go to the video, get it done and over with. That way, the Leafs can decide, all right, now we're losing Marner. The video's going to take just as long as them having a discussion. Like, it, that's what I don't understand. Play, you see a 16 and he's he's off. Yeah, but to go over to the penalty box to get the headset on. Where are they having that discussion? They're having the discussion anyways. What I'm saying is it's going to take the exact same amount of time, whether you're having that discussion with your within the the officials or you're going to go skate over to the box anyways. Like It's going to take up time. I just think it was just totally – you see the play. You see who it was that, that did it. I don't understand why he had to go through all that. I also don't like when when referees say, "Oh, it was this guy?" Oh no, actually, it was this guy. But we want the rest to get. I the right want the right call. calls, but I also what think... the issue here? The issue is the issue is the Leafs got scored on four seconds later, yeah. and Mitch Marner was sitting in the penalty box instead of Pontus Holmberg, who they would have been way more happy about. Obviously, put the Leafs yeah. at advantage. My issue was not that Marner got the penalty because he deservingly uh, deserved the penalty. The whole whole way was handled terrible. All right, we'll 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 let that be. I think like the least penalty kill was terrible. I think that's a a bad take. I think it's a bad take. That's my bad. Your take, and it wasn't just you. I on the broadcast. I mean, Craig Simpson also was going off, and he didn't feel like it was. uh, You know, they treated it wrong and he's like oh they shouldn't it shouldn't go to Marner they got the call wrong they didn't get the call wrong they got the call right now, his actually. issue wasn't that Marner was put in the box his issue was you put Holmberg in the box yeah all this time you're almost pretty much ready to do the face off then you decide oh no it was actually the other guy that was, was Andre Tierney, did Andre Tierney not look at the review look at the video review like hey I actually got the wrong player and then they realized, oh, actually it was. And then so they made the switch. It's just, just the way it was handled. Could have been All done right. a lot smoother. That right. was we'll, we'll let that be. Let us know in the comment section below. I mean, was it a big deal? Or are people overblowing that whole situation? I think they are. But we'll, we'll let that one be. Um, for me, bad tonight, you know, Matt Murray. You know, we, we talked about a little bit before in the previous segment. Like, did he get a whole lot of help? No. But there wasn't. He didn't have to face like he wasn't under siege like no, at he all wasn't. tonight. I mean, there's a couple of good looks on the power play, obviously, and those shots ended up in the back of the net. Realistically, the good looks that they did have, um, but he allows you know four goals tonight. Uh, it's uh, four goals on 21 shots, an 8.10 save percentage, and 1.78 goals allowed above expected um, in all situations. So. You know, not a terrific night uh, for for Matt Murray after what has been a pretty good stretch run here for Matt Murray, and now this is a few oh, this is a few starts in a row for these Leafs goaltenders. When you couple Samsonov's last three starts and I this one for Matt Murray, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm not worried. Yeah, but, I'm not worried. but there's a trend that you know we saw a year ago of what happened after the Christmas break. And so far, we're only two games, so it's a small sample size. I, again, not worried, but maybe I have PTSD from what happened to Campbell last year post Christmas. Yes, you do. And I'm just praying that that's not the case this year. That's that's all. That's all I mean. That's all I want to say. So every time I see these guys have a bad game, I'm like, 
oh no, is is this is this the bubble bursting? Are they now gonna turn into Jack Campbell 2.0 here? And I know that's an overreaction, mm-hmm. but that's just what goes through my mind because again, PTSD of what happened with Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek a year ago. No, definitely. I mean, a couple of goals, like the second power play goal, kind of wish that, you know, Matt Murray saved that one. The fourth goal wasn't like it was a it was a great play by the Oats. Can't really fault him for that one. And the uh, one what forty seconds into the hockey game. And- yeah, you want to play that one a little bit better. I mean, the guy was allowed to walk like walk in alone, but it's, that's it wasn't like Austin Matthews was pressuring him. I don't know. I felt like that one. You got to do. You got to kind of bail your team out a little bit there. But yeah, there were a couple of the ones I'm just like, eh, could have been a little better. Yeah. All right. Ugly. What uh, was ugly tonight, Dave? William Nylander, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares combined to be a minus twelve. Oh, minus twelve. Because Nylander and Matthews were a minus eight combined. Now, a couple of those would have been with the empty net. The empty net, because both I'm assuming all four of those actually would have been on the ice for the two empty net goals. Yeah, I mean, eight eight of those twelve were with the net empty. They also just did not play that empty net situation very well. Yeah, I'll give you that. (laughs) I'll give Uh, you. You know. Yeah, most of the time you're likely not coming away on top. Like those are desperation plays. But throughout the night, like we we've talked about how they've looked good. They're getting their chances. Like, are we are we saying the coyotes have the best goaltending in the league? Like, really? Is that where like a team that has struggled all year? We talked about it yesterday, though, how Vimelka has stolen games for them. Yes. He's third in the NHL in goals saved above expected. I mean, they gave up a lot, but he's there to to stop them. And, and you know, he's won them a lot of games. And tonight was another one. He does win them a lot of games, but he's not exactly, you know, the game before he gave up five goals on 34 shots. But he's also shut out the Carolina Hurricanes. He has. No, he he has. But I'm just saying, like, other teams figure it out. Yeah. The other team, like, the New York Islanders score four goals on them. The New York Islanders are not the trauma police when it comes to offense. No, you're right. Like, the the these last two games, it's been the depth that has provided the scoring. Yeah. Other than the Nylander overtime winner. You know, next game is against the Colorado Avalanche, who are minus a few of their pretty good players. The Leafs' top guys are going to have to put in a little bit more. You know, I got you got to see some more production from these guys. You're not winning many games when they are in a minus like they are. Yeah, I uh, well, we can agree on that one. We can definitely um, agree there. They've they've got to play a little better. They just you know got to got to produce, got to finish on uh, on um, on their chances too, which they clearly just. Weren't able to do tonight. They had some looks. They looked. They they had some opportunities, but unable to finish. And you know that was kind of the difference in tonight's game. The elite players didn't finish like elite players. Um, I I think just for me the ugly was the the game winner, the Morgan Riley giveaway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you give the puck up and comes in and and is able to score. You're chasing the game at that point, and now you got to pull the goalie and you allow a couple of goals and. 
You know, it was just the, the team has not been doing that of late. So I think it's why it really stuck out. And when you see Morgan Riley as uh, McBain is scoring the goal, you see the back of Riley's sweater and he's like trailing 25 feet behind McBain. It doesn't look good. It's not a good look when that happens. And, you know, it's his first night back. But, yeah, that was that was a pretty ugly giveaway that, I mean, was very clearly kind of the, 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 the turning point in tonight's game, which gave the Yotes the lead and they're able to, to lock it down, build on it, and come away with a 6-3 win. Yeah. Mm, the Leafs just cannot beat the, one of the worst teams in the league. I just don't get it. Just they can't. can't win. They are 0-3 and 1 in the last two years, in the last three years, actually, technically. 0-3 and 1. I believe I could be wrong about this stat. Could be wrong. But since Sheldon Keefe took over, I think they only have one win against that team. I believe. Sounds right. Yeah. One win against the Arizona Coyotes. In the Sheldon Key Fair of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it might have been, yeah, it might have been that game, that he, his like le- coaching debut. Yes. that That's what it was. That's yeah, literally I, what it was. I'm trying to think there might have been one more in Arizona. I don't, but that was in Arizona. Yeah, that one was in Arizona, but I'm thinking in between that time. No, but, but, but listen, I'll tell you exactly why it, it didn't happen because COVID hit. Right later that year, so they didn't go back to Arizona. That was the last game of that season that they were in Arizona, and then COVID hit. They didn't play in the U.S. in 2021, and then last year they lost. They went 0-1-1, and then they lost this year. So they they couldn't have. I'm just looking here. I think there was one game. God, this is how bad this is. I have to look for this stuff. I think it was back in February of 2020. That they won a game three two in Arizona. In Arizona? In Arizona. Well, because Arizona's got the Leafs number in Toronto. Yes. I'm yeah, I know that. But I thought that didn't he make his debut against Arizona? He did in twenty what was that twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. No, there February eleventh, twenty twenty, the Leafs beat the Yotes in overtime. In Arizona. In Arizona. I don't yeah. know why I have my 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 brains all befuddled. Max Hyman with two goals in this game. Tyson Berry was also on the team. Oh, Tyson Berry. Because I remember specifically in the game that they won in Shelter Keith's debut, Tyson Berry had a goal. And in this game, I'm looking at Tyson Berry had an assist. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Either this way. Is this is sad. That yeah. we're Searching so hard to find a Leafs victory over the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, it it, it truly is. It's it's really unfortunate that uh, they just they just simply can't beat this team, considering how garbage that they've been for for, for years now. Uh, all right, Dave. Let's take one more quick break. When we get back, uh, let's chat quickly about the Canada game and then uh, the top prospect, the former number one overall selection from a few years back, taking a seat up in the press box. For a game tonight as a healthy scratch, is he on the market? We'll chat if maybe Toronto should be calling. We'll do that on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studio. Listen to Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Murasudi, your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And if you haven't already, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to the show, whether wherever you get your podcast from on audio, but uh, definitely also up on YouTube where we do new videos each and every day, Monday through Friday, all Leafs, all the time. Um, so would really appreciate if you could do that for us. Like I said, we have a we have a New Year's resolution that we want to reach 5,000 by the end of 2023. And we can only do that by one sub at a time by you. And that's how we're going to get there. So help us get to a resolution. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Um, so let's – Team Canada, big win over Austria. We all expected it to happen. Uh, <laughs> this was a game we – You said the line in that game was 10 and a half. Yeah. And they won 11 nothing. Yes. Never yes, in doubt. Never, never in doubt. doubt. It was never in doubt uh, whatsoever. That's right. Um, but it was the Connor Bedard show again. Like, this kid has sky-high expectations, and he just continues to break through them. Like, it's insane. The stratosphere that he's putting himself in. I uh, I dug up just some quick stats. Um, if you want to pull it up on my Twitter page here, just where he sits among all of the, like, superstars in the NHL and – how successful they were in the World Junior Championships in their draft year. And I looked at four players. I looked at Sidney Crosby, I looked at Connor McDavid, I looked at Austin Matthews, and then where does Connor Bedard sit in all of that? So um, Sidney Crosby, six goals, three assists, nine points in six games in his draft year at the World Junior Championships. Connor McDavid, three goals, eight assists, 11 points in seven games in his draft year at the World Junior Championships. Austin Matthews, seven goals, four assists, 11 points, and six games at the World Junior Championships. Carter Berdard, you ask? Well, Carter Berdard now, at the time of this tweet, uh, he had less, but now has five goals, eight assists for 13 points in three games. It's um, actually, sorry, I believe, no, he has six goals, six goals, because he scored that a goal late, actually. Yeah. So six goals, eight assists for 14 points in three games. So he has four more, five more points than Crosby and three more points than both McDavid and Matthews got in their draft year. And he's only played half of the games in this tournament. It's unbelievable. So they did make that stat correction. They did give him that seventh assist, and then he got another assist later on in the game and also scored a goal, which tied Jordan Eberle for uh, most goals at the World Junior Championships for a Canadian. He will surely break that record and shatter it, I'm sure, by the end of the year. Um, but just, like, it's 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 unbelievable, the the company that he's putting himself in and, and the goal that he scored tonight, like the, the, the first goal that he scored. Oh, my God. God, who scores that? Who scores that? Connor Bedard. Like that's it, man. Connor Bedard scores that, and 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 there's probably not a list that's much longer than that who can who can score like that. It's it's unbelievable. It it truly is. Like you think about like Bedard hasn't even played that much at this tournament, right? Like he's still 17 years old. Like he started he started last year's tournament that eventually like eventually got postponed mm -hmm. 
on a tear. Like this isn't like all thirteenth forward. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> and then he scored four goals, and they're like, actually, we're gonna play you a lot more. Yeah, I think I think we need to play you more. Like he's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable what this guy can do, and there's a reason why a lot of teams aren't trying not to be very good. Yeah, the Yotes are really shooting themselves in the foot by picking up wins here. I still believe deep down. Congratulations on beating the Leafs. Bro, honestly, like my tin hat theory, honestly, somewhat believes, not really, but my tin hat self believes that the Leafs are throwing games against Arizona because they want to make the Coyotes much less desirable to Austin Matthews because (laughs) the Yotes, with a Connor Bedard, far more desirable than without a Connor Bedard. So that's how I am trying to cope with uh, these Leafs losses to Arizona this year. And you know what? Part of me is also just like, I don't want to see Connor Bedard anywhere in the Atlantic division. I don't want to see Arizona again just because I want to see him go to Headways, my friend. You know what? You know what? Anaheim. Imagine if Anaheim got him. You know where I think the two perfect spots would be? Vancouver would be perfect. He's a Vancouver native. Van, yeah. Van kid. That's fun. That would be a perfect spot for him. Also, Canadian market. Um, and then Chicago would be an unbelievable spot for him as well. An original six market. Yeah. A team that's clearly tanking for him. Um, he could turn that franchise around pretty quick. And, and, I mean, that rebuild goes from here to here with that addition real fast yeah no for sure i even thought san jose would be an interesting spot to keep him on the west coast eh, i don't want to see him in any of those places though like i want him to be on the national spotlight yeah. you know i don't want him to get wasted that said uh i believe i said the same thing about alexi lafreniere and he ended up in in new york the big apple one of the biggest markets in most transition mike i love it the worst transition that was a terrific transition oh like, i said seamless it was wow. beautiful thank you thank you very much molto bene molto bene signore a couple pats on the back on that one um so the news of the day though outside of the maple Leafs losing again to a, a bottom feeder team um is that the new york rangers have scratched alexi lafreniere uh their number one pick from a couple of years back very highly touted number one overall selection We'll never forget that he was supposed to be a Maple Leafs draft pick, but the draft ball knocked him out at the last second, and the New York ball shot up at the lottery. Every Leaf fan knows that that ball, which was dropped ahead of time, because we know that it was heavier, and that's why it knocked it out. Again, sometimes I wear a tin hat, but we're going to believe this anyways, because that's how I I, I lie to myself so that I'm I'm not upset about things. Uh, But... There really hasn't been much to be upset about, to be honest with you, so far through, you know, the first little bit of his career. And then today, seeing the news that he sat up in the press box as a healthy scratch as a 20-year-old is just insane to me. The Rangers have truly bungled a lot of their recent first-round draft picks, like, that are forwards, right? Like, I don't know what they're trying to do. I understand, like... Lafreniere should not have, like, he should have started in the NHL because I don't think going back to the queue was going to do much for him. Yeah. But I think right now, like, the problem is New York is trying to win games. 
and they're they're like not about developing in the NHL. I even remember uh, listening to Craig Button on Leafs Lunch with you saying the NHL is not for developing. It's yeah. that's, but has he been that bad? Where you say, yeah, we're gonna healthy scratch you for Sammy Blaze? Like, dude, it's wild. He's so he's got seventeen points through 36 games, just five goals on the year, coming off a season where he had 19 goals and 31 points in 79 games. So far in his career, he has 69 points, nice, through 171 games. Um, This is a guy who had back-to-back 100-plus point seasons in the QMJHL as a 17- and 18-year-old before coming out, um, you know, coming out of the draft. And it was a really bizarre first season with the bubble, and I think that probably plagued him a little bit. Uh, and you could say the same, you know, as to why that maybe hindered his development and why he was maybe a step behind in 21-22. But we're now a couple of years removed from that, and, and 17 points to 36 games. I mean, in your third year in the National Hockey League, I think they're expecting more of him. My issue is, if you go and you look at what exactly – the situation has been with Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, he's not being given opportunity. Like, he's playing in the bottom six primarily for this hockey team. Like, I don't know how he's supposed to succeed as a top-line winger, which is what he's projected to be, if he's consistently only playing bottom six minutes with bottom six players. It's just – it's it's not going to help him very much. No. The guy's it's- averaging. Averaging. Uh, so his first year averaged 13 minutes, 53 seconds last year, averaged 13 minutes and 59 seconds. And this year, a little bit of a, of an uptick. He's got a minute, a minute and two seconds more of ice time, a game, 15 minutes and one second of ice time, just 15 minutes of ice time. That's all this guy's getting. What do you develop him, developing him into? What do you want him to be? Do you I want, want him to do you want him to be a top line scoring winger who can yes. actually throw the body because he's a you know, decent sized player, or do you want him to be that bottom six checking forward? Like, why did you spend a first over? Then trade the pick so you can get the things you need to do to win it. This is what you're gonna do with your first overall pick. Like, that's what's really bothering me about this. Is that you know what? The Rangers could have easily just taken a boatload of whatever other teams would have offered for that first overall pick and just do that rather than draft Alexei Lafreniere and say, you're going to play 13 minutes a night on the bottom six because clearly that's the type of player we think you are. Unbelievable. His last 16 games, he's averaging 13 minutes and 39 seconds of ice time. Eight points, though, in those 16 games, but only 13 minutes of ice time. I'd like to know how much of that is, like, five-on-five, if he's getting power play time. Like, I'd like to know, is this strictly – how much of that is, like, offensive opportunities for him? I think only one of those eight points, though, are on the power play. Yeah, like, I, I guarantee – now, look, the Rangers have a lot of really good forwards. They got Panarin. They got Zibanejad. They got Kreider. I guess maybe you can put like I'm trying to think who else are you putting ahead. Like, I'm trying to think who would you put ahead of him to go, to put on the power play. Who are you putting ahead of Alexi Lafreniere to say, all right, we think these guys are more deserving of power play opportunity over you. 
I, I, I just don't. I, yeah, I just am flabbergasted of what the Rangers are ex- like. What are you expecting from this guy if you're not like if you're not giving him that opportunity? That's my that's my beef. Yeah, no, and it's completely warranted. Honestly, it it really is, and um, I just I don't get what they're trying to do here. I really, really don't get it. And uh, I did see a report that teams are starting to call now and say, "Hey, if you're not going to play this 21 year old uh, first round pick from three years ago, who's supposed to be a top line winger, he was, you know, like an exceptional player in junior and is supposed to be." this outstanding guy, if you're not going to allow him to flourish into that, if you feel like you don't have space for someone like that on your club, we will take him and we will give him those opportunities uh, to flourish. And maybe that's what he needs. And honestly, um, I, I would assume that there's a lot of clubs that would be calling. It's funny because I look at the Maple Leafs as a team that needs to add a top six winger um, yeah. on the left side in particular. I would love, love for the Leafs to make a swing at, at Alexi Lafreniere. I just don't think that they have uh, have the assets to, to get it done. I would assume it would be, that even though they're not playing him and, and they're not giving him an opportunity to, to showcase him, I suppose, they're still probably not going to move him unless it's a pretty big package coming back, just based on what his potential could be. Yeah, like I I saw somewhere that they could potentially look for a first rounder and a top end player. Like I'm guessing it means a top end like prospect. The Rangers just I'm just looking at their draft history here. Like their recent draft picks, not many. Like yeah, Keandre Miller is doing really well. Vitelli Kratsov, you would say, is done okay, not great. Even Capogaco as a second overall pick, not not really doing it for like what he's was meant to do. Like they just really haven't done much other than like Igor Shesterkin. Like their, their drafts have been pretty lackluster. Well, go look at every, like go look at their entire team, right? Panarin free agent signings, Benajad, they traded for Fox. They traded for Trocek is a free agent signing. Kreider was drafted and developed, but he's 31 now. Like they, he was drafted a dozen years ago by this team, like two, Two GMs ago drafted this guy yeah, into the organization. So, you know, that's Kreider. But then you just keep going down the list. I mean, Barclay Goodrow, who's six in the team in scoring, he was uh, traded for and signed as, as a free – I think, no, he signed as a free agent mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago. And then you kind of get into these younger prospects, Philip Heedle, Lafreniere, Miller, and, and Kako. But none of those guys are anywhere near point-per-game status. Like You take up Truba. You traded for yeah, Jacob Truba, your captain, traded for him. You know, that that's a guy who they traded for. Um, it's There's not a whole lot here that, uh, yeah, they've been able to to draft and develop. Even Shesterkin, like, they didn't really develop Shesterkin. I mean, he was a guy who developed in the KHL, right? And then when he came over here, and he was just good. Like, he just, he was good. He was ready to go and be a superstar from from day one, pretty much. So it's not like he, he developed them, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's there. It's it's an interesting situation there. We'll see what happens. Um, I hope he gets dealt. I I want to see him succeed, and I think a change of scenery would be best for him because clearly Gerard Gallant doesn't want to play him for whatever reason. Doesn't want to give him an opportunity to showcase him. I guess. So 
hopefully uh, a team out there decides to uh, to you know open up their their wallet and throw some throw some sort of package at uh, at the at uh, who's their GM now Drury is it Drury Chris Drury yeah yeah at Chris Drury and maybe they can pry Lafreniere save him from the from uh, New York and turn him into that prospect that he was expected to be um, I mean like just for fun. For funsies, Dave, because this is locked on Leafs. Is there a package that you would be willing to move to bring him in, or are you just not that interested? You know they're gonna ask for a first in Matthew Nyes as like the minimum for them for for Lafreniere. And if you're Kyle Dubis, are you hanging up the phone or are you going back at it with a, a counter? I don't even know what the Leafs would try to counter with, like. I think the, that's what the Rangers are just going to stick to that and like, well, we don't have to move him. Yeah. That's like, that's, I think that's going to be what they asked for. And if I'm the Leafs, I'm like, nah, like not going to make it that easy for them. Yeah, you're right. There's not, because then there's a, like quite a, if Nick Robertson was looking okay. like he should, Maybe if he had any value, but I don't think he does. And, you know, I think they, they really do like Matthew Nyes. And I don't know if they'd be willing to give up a first-round pick and Nyes to get a guy like Lafreniere, who really, to be quite honest, has not learned how to play hockey at the NHL level quite yet. I'm still struggling to figure things out and, and be dominant in the league. But he's still only 21, and he's got a long way to go before – you know, he reaches his his peak. I mean, look at, at William Nylander and, and how long it's taken him to really find his way and, and truly become dominant in the NHL. It only has really come in the last year or so. And even this season, he's finally maybe reaching the peak of, of what he can become, right? And Lafreniere's got five, six more years until he's where Nylander is at. So, you know, we'll, we'll – I, I don't believe Toronto will be in the sweepstakes here, um, but I think there will be interest and there will be a market for Lafreniere. Hopefully we can see a trade happen at some point. All right, that'll do it for us here today. There's a game tomorrow, actually, tomorrow night, Toronto uh, traveling to Colorado. So enjoy that one, folks. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday to recap that game and tee up the one against St. Louis that'll be coming up uh, after that one. I believe they play on Tuesday. They'll be in St. Louis. Yeah, we can get uh, get that going too. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasudi. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And subscribe to us on uh, YouTube. Would really appreciate that. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leaves.